with the boxers, it's important to me that they don't really look like anybody. They're really, it's, it's the everyman boxer. It's the every, I want it to, I don't want it to be associated with a specific person. I want it associated with more of like an idea. This is Studio Confessions, the art podcast. I am your host, Luis Martin, the art engineer. Listen in for conversation with artists and creatives alike as we talk about their creative practice and what moves them. Let me share my wax poetic monologues and how to activate your creativity to live an inspired and more beautiful life. That's right, I said beautiful. Welcome to the studio. I'm glad you're here. George. Luis, nice to meet you. Thanks Good to for, meet you. Thanks for inviting me over. Instagram strangers, right? Like, <laughs> Yeah, it's the internet world. It's a funny me. place. Yeah. So someone must have put gotten one of your stickers and put it on a pole or light pole in Williamsburg and I took a picture. Yeah, yeah. I give them out. I give them away a lot. Uh, and they just kind of, they, they go everywhere. They germinate, right? Yeah, they germinate. People put them everywhere. It's really a lot of fun. Well, I, I see them places. Yeah, yeah, I took a picture and... and it blew up my Instagram. Like I got all these private messages. Who is that? Oh my God, that's so cool. And I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> I, there was no name. I had no idea who the artist was. I didn't know who you were. And then someone identified you and I was like, oh my God, this is amazing. All right. So then through the magic of Instagram, like here we are, right? Like yep. just reach out and touch somebody. That's awesome. So just to, to start. Well, here, I wanted to give this to you. Whoa. Uh, and this is why podcast <laughs> to extend my art <laughs> collection. Just, can you describe what it is? Uh, why don't you take a look at it? And uh, oh so God. yeah, I will describe it. So these are pieces that I do. Um, there, this one is eighteen by twenty-four inches, and it's on found paper. If you turn it around, it's from a music poster uh, around sort of Williamsburg, Bushwick, uh, that I pull off the walls after the date of the show. They always have a date, and if you look, it says Sabado uh, Cinco. December. Uh, so I wouldn't take it off till after the fifth, out of respect. But after that point, they don't care. I assume because it's the show's done, and the back is white. So I throw a boxer on the back, and I do them very quickly. Um, I actually started this series uh, when I lived in Atlanta. I lived in Atlanta from uh, about '92 to '97, and uh, I did a show in this bar. Uh, they invited me to do a show, and I just kind of decided, well, why don't I just make some quick paintings on paper uh, and sell them for like 20 bucks each? It's easy. It's just sort of a $20 bill. I thought it'd be a lot of fun, and uh, it really kind of like took off. Sold a bunch of them, and uh, then I kind of stopped that. I did, I, I did that. That was kind of a one-shot thing. That must have been in about 94 uh, then I was living in, uh, over by the Brooklyn Navy Yard, and uh, one of my neighbors, who's also an artist, he came over one day, he's like, hey, I got this big box of paper that I thought you'd like. And I'm thinking like, oh, more crap that someone wants to give me. I'm like, I'm trying to be nice, so I take the box, and then I kind of sitting in my studio, and then I pulled it out one day, and I was like, hmm, why don't I try some, just some quick paintings? And then it kind of like, gelled into this idea, well, yeah, let me go back to that $20 thing and, you know, sell them for, you know, do a thing where, and I did, and I would do a thing where I would put them, I would do like a whole wall of them. And, uh, and then you could come to the show and it would literally be about 50 of them all in a grid. And you would just come, you 20, you pick one out, 
20 bucks, give the someone 20 bucks, whoever the gallery person was, pull it off the wall and you take it home. Roll nice. it up, rubber band around it, and you take it home. And, democratic. <laughs> yeah, they've now gone up. They're not $20 anymore. Uh, I do, so they're about, I sell them on Etsy now for about between $75 and $100, wow. which I think is still really inexpensive yeah. for our work. Absolutely. Um, so tell me a little bit about who's this, who this boxer is. Uh, I don't know. I get that question a lot. It's sort of that question where, why boxing? Which yeah. you sort of are asking, which I actually like the way you could. Yeah. I get a lot. The exact thing is, why boxing? And I was found so much trouble trying to answer it. And I finally realized, well, I don't know. I don't know why the boxers. I mean, I know how I sort of got there. I was in the East Village, and I was sort of trying to figure out. I had a studio on uh, 3rd and B. And... Um, just kind of trying to figure my artwork out, and it was kind of all over the place. And uh, I just kind of, I zeroed on the boxer um, for some reason. There were images that just were coming to me, and it made a lot of sense. Uh, so that's kind of where I started the boxers. But as an artist, I really feel like I started as an artist. Um, it must have been 1973. I think I was about 13, maybe. And I'm um, living, uh, my, my dad lives in Soho, my mom lives on the Upper East Side on 93rd and Lex. So I'm going up and downtown a lot on the number six train, and I'm seeing graffiti. I'm really kind of getting into it. I'm really like, what is this? How do you figure out, how do you do this? Who, who's doing it? Like, all that stuff. So I really kind of got connected to it, found some people, told me like, you know, groups of people, you know, how do you do this? Kind of give me the ins and outs. And uh, I guess he was about 14 years old. This was kind of when I really feel like I became really an artist. Snuck out of my house at midnight, uh, met this other friend of mine at the train station, 96th Street. We went up to the where they lay the trains up on the elevator tracks up in the Bronx. Didn't really know where I was going. Just kind of knew there was, you go to Zariga Avenue, someone said, and you'll just see the trains laid up. You jump down on the tracks with your spray, backpack of spray paint, do your thing. And that was what I did. And I did this, uh, which is called a graffiti piece on a subway car. And I, what year is this? This probably 79, 1979. Wow. And, different uh, New York, huh? Sorry? Different New a York. A very different New York, yeah. Because back then, like, you know, and it's, um, I look, I've always looked a lot younger than I am. And when I was 13, I probably looked like I was about 10. So this is midnight. <laughs> Probably a Friday or Saturday night because I clearly didn't have school the next day because I wouldn't have done it on the school night. Um, but kind of went up and did this mural on a subway car. And for me, like that was like looking back, I always think of like what, what made me, you know, when did I become an artist? And that was kind of that point. And what was, what was the piece? Was it... Uh... Words or was it imagery? Um, yeah, it was just words. It was yeah, it was a tag. A it was a tag. I had a tag with that. I'm not going to tell you what it is. That's, <laughs> That's funny. You can you can look that up. <laughs> well, I mean, and, that'll be a trivia question. And supposedly, um, I met there's a there's a very famous uh, photographer who did a lot of the uh, who photographed these murals, and I met him, and he told me he had a picture of it. Um, I haven't seen it. I've been trying to get him to show me, but he has so many pictures and. Someday I'm going to track him down, hopefully. And, uh, yeah, that'd be really At least, at least at look at it. Yeah. Um, he has massive archives, supposedly. Wow. Um, so, yeah, that uh, as an artist and then sort of starting the boxing thing kind of started. The boxing started in the East Village and just kept going with it for, for, very, for probably about 
five or six years after that, I jumped into sculpture for a little bit. I was doing these very small multiples that I would kind of create these scenarios where I would either give them away or create scenarios where you could kind of uh, award them, be awarded. I did an award ceremony, like these Olympic type medals. And we had this big table and we had them all displayed out right in the front of the gallery. So as you walked in, that's the first thing you had to go past this table. And I had these actors who were sort of the award ceremony, uh, I guess, characters. And, um, and they would greet you uh, and, they, and I left it up to them. I was like, just kind of play along with those actors. Uh, you know, shake the person's hand, hug them, kiss them, you know, whatever you feel comfortable as you meet these people. And, and then they would put them on around their neck. Uh, so as the night went on at the opening, you would go around the gallery and everybody's wearing an award. And it was kind of this funny idea of like leveling the playing field of winning. Uh, and so I sort of did a lot of stuff like that. That was sort of a, a really fun well, one that I did. That's an interesting thing, just leveling the playing field. Because I feel when I think about the image of the boxer that I think people really gravitated to, there was no face. And, and it's for a, a kind of this posture of power, you know? And, yeah. and people can reflect on that as needed. Yeah, I and don't... it sounds yeah. like you're kind of... Yeah, with the, with the, yeah that you brought up a point. With the boxers, uh, it's important to me that they don't really look like anybody. They're really... It's, it's the everyman boxer. It's the every... I want it to... I don't want it to be associated with a specific person. It's associated with more of like an idea. Um, uh, so yeah. Yeah. Can you tell me a little bit more about uh, developing as an artist in the 70s going into the 80s? Because I mean, I think New York kind of cut its teeth with the idea of like Basquiat and Warhol and all these people that followed were kind of chasing that, right? And, and yeah. I include yeah. myself in that, uh, sure. that herd. What was I that met like both, for you? I met both of them. Did you? What was yeah. that like? What, what? I, when I was a kid, I was a kid. Uh, well, I met Warhol maybe when I was about 10. My dad and I went down to, we went, I don't think, he wasn't living in Soho then. We walked down to Soho, he was living on like 9th and uh, 4th Avenue, I think. We, we walked down to Soho, and I, I'm a kid, I don't know where we're going, but we go down, we go to this gallery, and uh, Andy Warhol's there signing interview magazines and kind of shaking people's hand. There weren't a lot of people there, because this is, this must again, must have been like 72. So he was kind of famous, but he wasn't like the huge, like if you showed up like, when he was alive, you know, in the 80s, it would have been huge. But um, so I get in this line. He's sitting there. I shake his hand. He gives me an interview magazine. I'm like, okay. Just, you know, I kind of knew who he was because we leave. We walk down the street. I said to my dad, hey, dad, will you, will you hold on to this interview magazine? I don't want Can you just carry it from her? And my dad's like, no, I'm not going to carry it for you. If you don't want it, just throw it away. So literally like... I find a garbage can and I throw <laughs> Rich, yeah. this signed Rich. interview um, that he signed for me. Like, so that, that's how I met Andy Warhol. Um, then my dad did. He moved to Soho in, uh, in sort of the late 70s. And um, uh, at that point, Basquiat, who was then known as Samo, which was his graffiti tag, uh, he was tagging all over the neighborhood. And somehow my dad knew a friend who knew him. And uh, so we got, he invited him to one of our parties. And so uh, Samo slash Jean-Michel Basquiat showed up and it was kind of cool. I got to talk to him for a little bit. Um, and then uh, I don't know whether it was that Christmas or the Christmas after. Then my dad got uh, Jean-Michel to 
make a uh, sweatshirt a same with Samo on it for myself and my sister. Oh wow! Uh, so we both we have these Samo pieces. You still have it? Yeah, oh, I did. We great. both do. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. Now your father's an artist. Yeah, he is. Yeah, he actually moved. Uh, he he moved upstate New York. He's now up in Hudson. And he's got this radio show, actually, that he does. Yeah, what is it about? Uh, uh, it's about art. He, he interviews, like we're doing now, he interviews artists. Wow, what kind of work did he do? He does, um, he does collage work. Okay. He does sort of painting and collage. That's amazing. Um, and that's what he did in the 80s as well? No, in the 80s he was sort of doing more traditional art. Uh, I think he was kind of starting being an artist at that point. What's that like to like grow up with an artist dad? Was it difficult for you to be like, I'm going to be an artist too, or just arrive at art um he was always kind of like a i don't i don't want to insult my dad dad i don't want to insult you but he was sort of i don't want to say sunday painter but he was more someone he had a day job and he would sort of paint more on weekends but actually the great thing my dad really taught me actually how to draw by he would go there was this place in soho uh called project for living artists and actually the guy who did it he's he's opened it up somewhere in Williamsburg. I haven't been to it, but it was in this basement and on, I think it was like, let's say Thursday and Saturday evenings, uh, he would he would hire a model. He had the stage, he'd put the model, the model would be the nude model and you'd show up and all these people would show up, illustrators, just, you know, people wanting to practice their drawing would do the classic kind of one minute pose, five minute, 10 minute hour. Um, How old were you? Uh, let's see, at that point, I was in high school, uh, so I was probably like 15, 16. So one day he asked me, he said, do you want to go? And I was like, and I was already kind of making art. He kind of, I think he got, I was kind of, kind of gearing towards being an artist. So I was like, sure, I'll go. So I, I dug it. I really liked it. And, um, he kind of, you know, he didn't, he wasn't really teaching me, but that he kind of brought me along, um, and that's really a lot about like kind of anything. Like you just have to practice something. Yeah. You know, you get a little pointers. Like, um, but it's I went down there like for uh, probably a couple of years, I guess. And wow. I would meet him sometimes. You know, as I got older, I'd, I'd meet him there. Maybe I would be at my mother's house. I don't think I ever had a not when I had an apartment, but maybe I'd be at my mom's house. So I'd meet him there. We'd do that. We'd go and like it was really learn how to draw. Nice. And as you know, as I don't know if you know, but. You know, really, if you can learn how to draw a, a, a figure, yeah. you kind of can draw anything. Sure. That's what I was always told. And, yeah. and I do believe that's true. And um, you decided to go to art school. Uh, I did. I, I actually dropped out of high school. I've never been a school person. I just, I can't. Uh, I have a lot of trouble test taking. Uh, just the whole conformity of it. It's just Absolutely. not my thing. So I ended up... Dropping out of high school, getting my GED, and then going and working in a restaurant for a little bit, and realizing like, wow, man, this is just you know, I'm a kid and I'm around all these adults. Like, I need <laughs> what to was hang like? around. <laughs> it was it was kind of great, but there was a point where I re felt really lonely, mm. and I was like, you know, I need to get back to like my peers, my age group. Um, so I, I ended up applying for a school of visual arts, and uh, I went there for two years. What was and that like? That was great. Yeah. That was really great. I ran out of money, unfortunately. Mm. I wish I did finish. I didn't. But uh, it was interesting. I went and I told one of my teachers that, you know, I can't afford to go anymore. Uh, I've been here two years. Uh, I feel like I've kind of gotten enough to kind of get the gist of things. Um, and she said to me, she said, you know, I'm not going to tell you the story of like, no, I really think you should stay because I'll tell you, I, 
I had the same conversation with um, Keith Haring, uh, I think like last year. And I was like, Keith, I don't think you're ready, and I think you really should stick around school. Uh, I think you'll be a lot more successful if you do. Yeah. And of course, we know that story. That's fantastic. Uh, with That's him. Great with him. Well, <laughs> I'm still are. working on it. I'm still working on it, but hopefully get there. Yeah. But no, I, I actually love I love where I am right now with yeah. my work. Uh, I really enjoy. It. I, I got. I think I got to a point where I would run around in these galleries and I'd hand my slides to them and do the whole thing. And um, well, thank God, no more slides. Yeah, no thank more slides. God. I really hated that. I really hated it. Like it was just just as a time capsule. Can you remind us what the whole slide process was? My goodness. So you would you would photograph your work in under good conditions. Under good conditions, good as you could get them, and make slides of them. Which the film would be slides. And they were and they weren't cheap. They weren't cheap. They were yeah, it was expensive. So you'd have ten slides. 15 slides, put them in an envelope or the, what do they call those? The slide sheets. Slide. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It'd be maybe like what, five by six. So be like maybe 30, 20, 30 slides in this sleeve. And, uh, you know, you take it to a gallery and with a stamped self-addressed envelope and they would supposedly look at them and hope that they and, would return them. and hope, well, hope they would return. Well, actually I always hope that they would just keep them true. because yeah, you true. wanted them kind of to be in their file. Maybe someone would see them in a gallery. Um, true. And actually I have a story once when I went to a gallery and I dropped the slides off and it was literally, I think it was the next day I got the slides back with a letter. We have extensively looked at your work, but we just don't think it fits the gallery. Wow. And I was like, that's hilarious. Like I actually like thought that was funny. But the whole slide thing was so crazy. Um, and running around, I got to a point where I was just like, just make it work, you know? Don't worry about it. Like, maybe something will happen. Like, you should really enjoy making art. That's what I really tell people. Like, just enjoy making it. And then if something happens, it does. Like, and that's how you make your best work. If you start, fo you start following galleries and then you're following trends, possibly, or you're not looking at the right gallery because you don't know, it's really just important to... Well, the internet now helps too. Like, yeah. you know, you have an Absolutely. Instagram account. An Instagram account. I've sold stuff to uh, South Korea through Instagram, all over the world. It's really crazy. Hey, why so quiet? Let me know your take on the talk. Go to studioconfessions.com and reach out. Or even better, leave a review on whichever platform you're listening on. It goes a long way. Want to see some visuals on the essence of the conversation? Go to Instagram and follow the show at Podcast to see some shareable quotes from the conversation and more. You can also follow me at Art Engineer to see some of my work and insight look at my creative practice and studio. Now let's get back to the conversation. Do you still play for the, to the gallery? Um, I mean, I guess a little bit. I do, I have a gallery. It's called the Hyena Gallery. That's in uh, Los Angeles, Burbank. Hmm. Great guys. Hey, Hyena. <laughs> hey, Shout hyena. out. <laughs> um, great, really fun, quirky guys. Uh, they got this gallery, and um, they've been showing my stuff for, I guess, a couple of years now. Nice. Um, so you show in the West Coast. Do you think there's a difference between West Coast and East Coast art? Probably. I don't really follow like that too much. I don't really, I don't, wouldn't really know how to look at it. Like, yeah. I mean, I could, but I never really looked at it. Maybe we looked at individual artists. Like there's some interesting things because, like, as we speak right now, yeah. in Miami, everyone's kind of getting together for uh, Basel, right? Yeah, yeah. And um, and there's always this like, oh, West, you know, there's, there's yeah, this they're sure. You know? there, I mean, I'm, there, there definitely is a difference. Like it, wherever you go, like it, if I go and maybe travel somewhere, I 
I still do my boxers, but there's a way where I just feel like doesn't seem right to do them here sometimes. Like it doesn't fit. Like I'll be in this beautiful sunny place and you know mountain views or something, and it's like it has nothing to do with boxing. And yeah. um, or I'll meet someone from that area, and they're like, oh, I don't understand this boxing thing. <laughs> so why don't you do landscapes or something? Okay, uh, that's um, not what I do. You said you dabbled in uh, sculpture with the medals. Have you done any sculptures with the theme of boxing at all? Those actually were the theme boxing. The medal, what the, the medals that I did, I had a boxing figure on it, so it was sort of like a boxing medal. Nice. Um, so hard. yeah, I, I've always sort of tried. But when I started the theme, I've kind of tried to keep it. I've I've sort of jumped off it a little bit, but pretty much. Um, but now I just I do the paintings. Um, I, I I get like I said I got to a point where I stopped doing them, and I, I just was like I I don't know if I could do another one, uh, and it was probably like around the nineties early like maybe 1990 and I was like all right yeah I can't do another one like I just and then um, maybe what was it maybe 95 like it wasn't long like a few years after that I was like no wait there's always a new boxer there's always and I think the internet helped too now I can just pull up the internet type in boxing and I just I have yeah. a, an image of a box there's so many images of boxers now have you connected that, with any actual boxers um, I have but it's not really about that yeah. like, and I have and I, I have they I responded think they, yeah they love my work they definitely love my work they understand it and actually I was, when I started doing it I was really worried I was like I'm gonna really and it, it is a little bit of a niche because it's, it's a little bit of tough work it's dark so it's not really for everybody and it's kind of a very niche let's call it a market in a sense <laughs> sure um and uh, it's, I thought I was gonna, I guess originally was, wow, well, women are just not gonna like my art. What woman would like, and I actually found women just, they, not, of course not all women, but I do have this group, they love it. Yeah. They, they understand. You never know. Because yeah. I, well, I, I realized, I think it's really because it's, it's an all encompassing image. I'm not trying to do, uh, you know, that's Bob the Boxer or that's Muhammad Ali. Although every once in a while, some guy will, will come, will come into my studio or, or my, you know, we'll see one of my works and they'll literally point out back, that's, you know, so-and-so. And I'm always like, yeah, you got right, it. Yeah. You nailed it. Totally. Because it makes them feel good and, you know, it's... Yeah. So you have three boys, right? I do. And um, they're all fighters. And they're all fighters. <laughs> they love to fight each other. I'm the referee. That's funny. It's like a self-fulfilling prophecy, right? Yeah. What do you think your legacy will be as an artist to them? Do you think that they'll pick up the art... As their career, do you think, what, what, what do you think that would be like for them to think yeah. back on you as an artist? I don't like know. That? I don't know. I mean, I have tons of art as an artist. You probably know this. You just, you accumulate, you just keep, and I'm kind of really prolific. I make a lot of work. Uh, so I don't know. I hope they, I hope we can figure out a way that they'll preserve it. Are any of them showing interest in making art themselves? Oh yeah. I mean, as kids, they, they definitely love making art. They're drawing all the time. Uh, Are you taking them to figure drawing classes? No, no, I haven't done that. Uh, I think they're a little bit too young. Mm -hmm. Even my oldest, who's 14, I think he's probably a little bit too young, or he might do it actually. But yeah. I, I don't, I don't, I'm not doing that right now. So, um, but we'll draw together sometimes. Yeah. We'll do that. That'll be fun. So you really recently included in a publication? Yeah, this is actually uh, stickers, volume two, from uh, it is Rizzoli Books. Um, How did and you get involved? Similar the way you and I yeah, met. Yeah. Actually, there was a Stickers Volume 1. And uh, this, is, this was a book that was put out by D.B. Berkman, who is uh, also a DJ. 
Um, and But he, he collects stickers and he got to a point, I think he had so many stickers, he had this idea of doing a book. So he did the stickers volume one and uh, he was pulling the stickers off the street and then collecting them. So he created this book and the book came out, uh, the first one came out and it had already been out I think for maybe six months or something and I, I found it somewhere and I flipped me through it and I'm literally like, or maybe someone told me, I don't know, but I, there are four of my stickers in it with artist unknown. Uh, which I love. I love yeah. the idea. I think the image kind of like it says it. It's um, they're they're kind of similar in a way. It's how would you say it? It's like a I don't want to say branding because that's kind of a terrible way to say. It, but <laughs> there, it's I, I have a style. I have a style yeah, of doing it that I think it's kind of. But so then we connected. We connected and and. Uh, he was like, yeah, I didn't know who you were. And you were the only one who's unknown in the book. Or really? In, or in the, sec the section of the book, yeah. which is the artist section. So then he did the second book, and he gave me a page, which I'll show you, which uh, as radio, well, radio will we'll yeah. let everybody take a look. Um, so, okay, so that's a whole page. Right? Yeah, he gave me a whole page with my images. name, uh, which... Which is great. I have it blew my mind. Um, and this is a book that's thousands. I'll just flip through it, kind of thousands of stickers. We'll have a link to it on the show notes. This is that's a great book. Talk about a great Christmas gift. There you go. <laughs> We're gonna plug this thing today. Um, and these are all. Do you know if they're all in New York or all in the world? Uh, probably most of them are New York. Uh, but he's got, I mean, it's everybody from unknowns to some famous uh, graffiti artists, famous artists. Um, Marilyn Minter's in here. Uh, who else can I name? Name Very a bunch cool. of people. I mean, it looks yeah, like so a it's, really fun book. It is. It's a, it's a really great book. It's just full of stickers. And it's got a little bit of the history of stickers. Um, it's got some writing and stuff. So. Nice. Very cool. Yeah, it is a great Christmas book. I'll take it. <laughs> um, tell me a little bit about your studio practice. You have a studio in Brooklyn. Yeah. What's that like? I, um, I actually just gave up my studio space. I had a storefront, and I, I love storefronts. It's, they're really kind of, they can be fun, they can be a little unnerving because you want to get some work done and someone stops in and wants to chat with you for an hour yeah. um, that you don't know or for a few minutes, and it's sometimes hard to say to somebody, I really can't talk right now, and they don't understand it, which um, is a whole other thing. But... Uh, uh, but I, I love, like, I've sold a lot of work because it's a storefront. I'll put work in the front sometimes. Or I was actually doing some shows of other work. That was a lot of fun. I did a really big graffiti show. Uh, this very well-known uh, early graffiti cr crew slash gang called the Rolling Thunder Writers. So it was just that group of people. Uh, and so it was kind of like, and they, a lot of these guys hadn't seen each other in years. They're all in their 50s, 60s, and they were writing graffiti in like the mid to mid 70s to mid 80s. Uh, so some hadn't seen each other. So it was kind of like a, a reunion. So it was really a lot of fun. Uh, it's such a great it was, thing as an artist. You're not only promoting your own work, but you're creating a platform, right, for other artists to kind of be visible. Yeah, I, I actually have done a bit of curating. I really love to curate. It's a lot of fun. It's 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 not for everybody, but I really tell artists it's a great way to kind of learn how to how to be an artist in a lot of ways, how to understand how to accept, well, how to how to interact with other artists. What is it like to be on the other side? 
when you have to tell somebody, I really like your work, and I've had the people tell me this and I didn't understand it, I really like your work, but it either doesn't fit this gallery or it's not right for this show, and you know, please show me more work. I was, when I've been told that sometimes, I was like, oh, they just, they're not interested, and I, I move on, where they're actually being on it. Like, if they're gonna go that far and say, yeah, I like your work, come back. Um, so I've, I've learned a lot, a lot of different things. Of, and you said you've had a few storefronts? Uh, yes, I had one over by the Brooklyn Navy Yard, and then I moved to one in Stuyvesant Heights. And I just gave that one up. And now I'm actually, I, I, one of the reasons I gave it up is because I, I have, as I said, I have my three boys and I spend a lot of time at home. I have a home studio. And I was just, I was doing everything at home. And it's not a big space, but, so I was kind of shrinking everything. I was making smaller work anyhow. And I always planned to have that studio as doing small work. So, and I just kept doing that. And I realized like, why, why am I, you know, I have this space I don't really use. And, and I, I kind of always thought, oh, well, people want to see a professional space. And then I realized, they don't, people, our collectors don't care. My collectors will come. They'll come to my house. And it's, it doesn't matter. They're coming to see the work, not like the space you're in. Totally. Absolutely. What um, art have you seen lately that's kind of moved you or that gets you really excited? Oh, I, you know, I so have to think about that. I so rarely see art now. Yes. Yeah. And it's really frustrating. You know, I find uh, that too. I, I go a lot to the same, like MoMA, to the Frig or the Met. Um, but I don't go out as much, and I don't know why that is. I mean, I, I'm hermetic as it is. Yeah. Um, it seems like there's a lot of pop ups, you know, like, the, and it's, yeah, you have to time it, you have to choreograph. Like, yeah, yeah. Other yeah. Um, I think the things that are more accessible these days is uh, street art. and lamppost with stickers you know because everything else is just so uh, commodified or i don't know well everything's online now it so is it's right? like i i feel like i i was doing it the other day where i was sitting in my computer and and i i just typed in oh, well let me go see gallery let me see what's you know and I, let me see this artist you can literally go into the artist tap in that and there's a dozen pictures from each artist so you can spend like two hours not just going to the gallery, but now you're going and like going to the back room in a way and yeah, seeing absolutely. you can sit there and just look through and see every artist if you want, or do you just pick the ones that you seem to think you like or, um, wow, what's that guy's like? Or I've always hated that guy's work. Let me take a look a second look. And yeah. Um, one of the artists that I interviewed, uh, Juan Hinojosa does this thing where he goes gallery hopping and shares it on Instagram and takes a poll a heart or a throw up emoji which is really fun I'm oh, like oh thanks cool. for taking me with I you I like that I the only like way that. I think uh, art that's out there now that's really fun are there any other ways that you engage with um, your art viewing public how do I engage I think really Instagram Instagram Isn't is that just wild? I feel like we're, we're promoting Instagram yeah, today yeah yeah totally uh, you need to pay us a little bit what today. do you think about the, the no more likes um it's it's kind of fun to see the likes. Yeah, I don't I don't think it's gonna work. I think they supposedly they do it in Canada, and but Canadians are very different. Well, I don't uh, see my likes anymore. You don't? No, I think once you up, once you update your app, it just it'll go away. Oh, okay. So no, don't uh, update your app. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, mean, okay. You can see it in the in the back. You know what I mean? Like you can click on it and it'll give you the stats, but other people can't see it. Other people can't. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah. I like that. No, yeah. I do like that. I it's think a little it's... confusing, honestly, because I'm like I don't know what's what. I don't, yeah. And I feel like I'm not getting all of my notifications, but that's probably just me. But yeah, it's, I think it's, again, 
leveling the playing field in some way. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, it's an interesting way of kind of shifting everything. Yeah. Well, it's also, I mean, it, we don't even know are, are bots doing this. That's the whole thing. <laughs> right, and, right. Like buying, buying your, your friends. Uh, I've never done that. I don't have, I don't remember, maybe 700 friends. I forgot. So not, not a lot, but um, at some point I, you know, I don't really push to go find friends. Some, yeah, yeah. Some people do, but you know, if, I've heard some people say like, oh, if someone has more than like 5,000, most of them, probably a lot of them either bots or, or they bought them. <laughs> and those are probably bots too. Uh, right, yeah. So it's kind of, it's kind of a silly thing in a way. Yeah. So as a, as a New Yorker, as a New York artist, what, 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 what does your New York look like? Where do you hang out? Where do you go other than home as we've, you and I have established that we're homebodies? Other than home. Um, do you have much, a favorite museum? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, MoMA's great, but like I said, I really, I, with my three kids, um, I'm, I spend so much time with them. That's awesome. And, and I really try to just, if I'm not with my kids, I'm doing my work. Um, I do need to get, they're getting older, so now it's like, it's, I'm now finally, my two older ones, I can, well, every once in a while I can leave them alone. Sometimes I come home and they, it's been a huge fight. Uh, but um, I do a lot of walks. I think walks are really important. Just... Getting out, no headphones, nothing, just opening your brain up. They, you know, I've heard, I don't know where I heard this, but some of the best ideas in the world have come from people just going out and taking a walk. It just, you let your mind just, it's a way of meditating and moving and meditating. And I kind of love to do that. And Brooklyn's, Brooklyn's kind of fun for walking. Absolutely. Where do you normally walk? Mostly around the neighborhood, but we'll go to Prospect Park. My girlfriend and I will go up there. Um, we'll go, uh, just kind of head in a direction. Yeah. You know, you just kind of like, I'll start heading, I'm going to head down Bedford and then I'm going to take a right turn and then I'm going to come back up on Nostrand and just kind of, you know, a quick walk sometimes and then back to the studio. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Are there any projects that you are working on now? Not really, pretty much, what am I doing? Uh, yes, no, of course. Um, I just mailed uh, I just mailed three paintings that are going to uh, Los Angeles that I just sold, the paper ones, so I just gave you one of them. Amazing. Um, so that's a lot of fun. I just sold three of those. Um, that's through Etsy. Oh, how, how does that work for you? Is that, Etsy's is great. Yeah. yeah, I love it. Amazing. Um, it. It's been a little slow, but because my, my, like, my work is kind of a very niche thing. So it kind of will go in waves, and um, it's also a learning curve, right, with these apps, and how do you kind of get into that groove? Yeah, Etsy's a little bit. I haven't really. Uh, Etsy's a little bit of a um, a community. I think you're really kind of supposed to get involved more, look at other stuff, and then I think they'll kind of push you out a little more. So I haven't really done that a lot. So I don't know whether they kind of push me to the side or not, but um, but no, I've sold a bunch on Etsy. That's nice. So that's been really fun. Are you part of any other online uh, galleries? Um, I have been. Let me see. There's uh, Fuse Works, which is a great thing. They do sculptures, and they actually have some of my sculptures. Oh, nice. Uh, but Etsy basically it kind of works for me. I like. I've been on other stuff. Yeah. When you say more community-based, it sounds more accessible and more manageable. Right? Yeah, yeah, and it's kind of the big one in a mm -hmm. way. So uh, I've been on a bunch of others. I've put my stuff on eBay, and I've I have sold stuff. eBay's a little bit. 
I find too much a little bit like, hey, will you take <laughs> right. will you take fifty bucks instead of five hundred bucks for that painting, or right. five bucks instead of twenty? And it's, it's like, come on, yeah, it's like, come on, yeah. Um, come on, you know, they're already, and I tell them like, come on, I'm already selling them for, well, now they're going for between 75, and hundred. And I'm like, it's really inexpensive yeah, for, for, sure. for a work of art. That's, that's not a print. Cause people have actually said, are you sure this isn't a print? And it's like, yes, I am selling it for a hundred dollars and it's an original painting. That's interesting. People are so keen on that, right? They're so used to so many, the, the, the prints, so many, so much of the stuff is prints. Yeah, people yeah. will do a print of their painting. Um, and either keep the painting or it's already been sold, but then they sell the prints, which is great. Yeah, um, licensing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's so cool. Well, thanks for coming over and meeting Welcome. a perfectly, perfect stranger that could have been a, <laughs> a crazy person. But, uh, but thanks for coming. Yeah, Luis, thank you too. And you've got some great paintings work too. Your I appreciate collages. That. I, really appreciate it. I look forward to seeing more of your boxers on lampposts everywhere I go. <laughs> That's it. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed what you heard, feel inspired and triggered from something you heard, please share it. You are the candle that can light endless flames with what moves you. I am Luis Martin, the art engineer, sharing with you what moves me.